0: Welcome to the Strategic Marketer Podcast, where we talk about strategies, tactics, and practical steps to help you become a more strategic marketer. I'm your host, Joseph Lewin, and today's conversation is with Stephanie Casimir. Stephanie is the Global Product Marketing Manager for ABB, specifically focused on NEMA Electric Industrial Motors. In our conversation today, we're talking about what is product marketing? What makes it different from other types of marketing? How to actually do the specialized research and and customer research involved with product marketing? And then finally, how do you gain some of the skills to become a product marketer, since it takes a a unique set of skills that's kind of combining different types of marketing together. So without further ado, let's dive into the conversation. What is product marketing? Um,
1: Product marketing is really um, product-focused marketing. just like it sounds you know it is a subset of marketing Uh, product marketing focuses on the product uh, in which you develop and then how you market that to uh, your customers so whereas i guess traditional marketing you kind of uh, create prospects and sales leads and try to promote not just your product but your overall corporate branding Hmm. um, who you are as a company and then uh, establish a, a brand and a reputation Product marketing is focused around the product itself, um, how that product is going to benefit the customers. You create a go-to-market strategy. Um, That's kind of the uh, it's 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 a sub segment of marketing, uh, a little bit more strategic in nature.
0: Okay. So does a does um, does product marketing cross over with content marketing at all? Like, do you focus on creating content, or is it more specific to like the strategy and messaging and, and that side of things?
1: Absolutely, Um, I do a lot of content marketing. So, you know, as we develop products, the product needs to be communicated in a way that makes sense to the customer. Um, So when it is focused around the product, all the content marketing comes from product marketing. Um, Of course, marketing traditional marketing does do content marketing as well, um, just in a different uh, way, I guess. It's not traditionally focused around products itself. Uh, But content marketing, you know, how customers are going to select your product, uh, product selection tools, whether that's like an online configurator, a catalog, um, how they find you on the website, um, how you present your product material, Hmm. um, literature, uh, all of that content marketing uh, to help support your product and uh, communicate that to the customer comes from or should come from product marketing.
0: I see. Um, So what does your your role look like as a product marketer? What are some of the things that, I mean, I know we kind of touched on how it crosses Mm -hmm. over with content marketing, but what are some of the other things that you focus on on a daily basis?
1: Um, A lot of times I focus on um, product launches. And so a lot of my time is building up what that, why are we launching the product? Who are we trying to market that to? Um, Kind of the who, what, when, where, why, right? You have to answer some of those questions Mm -hmm. of why you even developed a product and who it is intended to help out. So Really, when it comes to product marketing, um, voice the customer studies, understanding what their pain points are, and then having a product that solves that for them, um, I, I believe, is the role product marketing. So a lot of what I do is I work with the engineers and the product managers, and as they come up with products that are um, going through an R&D process, we go in on the front end of that and, and make sure that there's a, a demand for it, that there's a market and that we can position the product in a way that makes sense to the customer. Um, and it has to make sense financially for the company. And it needs to be something that you already have an established way to get to the customer. The sales channel, for instance, um, has to be already established. Um, training material, I develop a lot of that content as well. Um, so a lot of it is really how you get your product information out to the customers. Um, and, you know, that launch process, the 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 shorter the time it takes to launch a product, the better, right?
0: Absolutely. It costs
1: company a lot of money to put together those resources. And if R&D develops the products and the product managers are ready to market their products, and then you have product marketing or marketing come in on the back end and try to develop um, a communication plan for that, that's just that much delay of a time for you to reach your, um, what is it, payback period for, or what you've invested for product development.
0: Yeah, so it kind of sounds like you're getting involved because, uh, I mean, I would say traditional marketing, it's it's going to be more, you know, you have, you have a brand and that brand decides to launch a new product and they launch the mm-hmm. product and then they come to marketing and they're like, hey, or they've developed a the product more like they, you know, and then they come to marketing and they say, hey, we want to promote this new product that we have uh, um, now, you know, put it up, create some content around it, But, um, you know, post to social media, do, do whatever, you know, you, you need to do to promote it. And then maybe they do some press releases and, um, say, Hey, we launched a new product and then that's, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of as far as it would go. Um, it sounds like you as a product marketer, you're getting involved much earlier in the process to even help figure out whether a product is viable and going to resonate with the market or not.
1: That's right. I mean the more you can front load uh the homework assignments right of understanding the customer and your market and who you're going to sell it to and for how much and and how I think um helps with the entire launch process sometimes that you know you don't always get a green light to go move forward either you may have a salesperson or an engineer with a brilliant idea of how to develop a product but your your customer base or your sales isn't trained in maybe that type of um sales strategy, or, you know, it's a different channel that is required to sell this particular product um, that doesn't quite fit with your portfolio. And so a lot of those things are being looked at, you know, how fast can you go to market um, and does it make financial sense, uh, you know, those kind of things. And, and so we, we have what we call a gate process, so at every gate we, we do kind of a, um, a smell test, if you will, and does it still make sense to move forward. Um, are we still in line with, you know, what the market is requiring or, or can, um, we meet the demands of that? Can we do it, um, profitably as well?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, launching a product, developing and launching a product is really, can be really expensive depending on the product and how much effort goes into it. And so as a product marketer, um, by understanding the customer and the customer needs and the needs in the market. You're able to help the company cut their losses much earlier in the process if if it seems like that product isn't going to be viable, if it's not going to connect. Um, whereas without a product marketing role, it, you know it seems like a lot of times that product will go all the way to market before you mm-hmm. figure out that oh wow there isn't actually a need for this, <laughs> or we didn't position it correctly, and now we need to change you know our positioning, or you know we didn't really quite. Understand how we were going to sell this product, so now we need to start a new channel to sell it, or you know all of those things end up coming afterward, but there's already been so much investment in the product and creating the product that sometimes mm-hmm. companies will continue on with a product that isn't actually viable because they've invested a lot of money, right. whereas you know it sounds like you're able to help much earlier in the process to you know even cut losses on something that doesn't seem like it's going to connect with your customer base.
1: That's right. And so understanding the customer's needs is, is a key piece to it, but also you know, what, what the market trends are. Where is the market going? How is the market, the different types of industry segments that are growing? And are we positioned to kind of help our, our customers um, grow their business in those particular growth segments? So, for instance, you know, maybe back in the day, textiles was huge, but that's not really a, a market that we focus on in the U.S. anymore. You know, now we're focused on other segments, such as maybe data centers. You know, those those that are supporting and you see data centers uh, popping up everywhere, and they use a lot of you know um, equipment. Um, there's a lot of capital spend there, so those are where the opportunities are. You know, coal mining isn't as popular anymore, and maybe it's trending towards uh, you know um, what is it renewable energy, that type of stuff, windmills, and those that sense. Um, so understanding how the market is shifting and how customers mm. are buying, are they buying traditionally through paper catalogs or are they going online, you know, and are they buying through channels such as, um, Amazon even, you know, yeah. um, I'm in a B2B world, so it, it may not seem, um, like that is a uh, channel that we use, but it is more and more uh, today. Interesting. You, got, um, you know, I, I deal with industrial motors and those are not the kinds that you use in automotive cars for instance but these are ones that really power everything that you see it's it's used in everything it's used in pumps that move water and and uh, fans that you know power up buildings and and uh, factories and, and data centers and stuff and um, you know conveyors that move your packages and, and all these distribution centers so it's really found in everything and so understanding those customers and how those customers buy their buying methods and um, I think is, is key um, to launching a successful product, you can have a really good product, but if you don't have a good go-to-market strategy, your product will eventually fail at some point. So.
0: Yeah. So, what role does customer research, or you, you know, you mentioned voice of the customer research. Uh, what what role does that play in product marketing and developing a strategy, a go-to-market strategy?
1: I mean, it's absolutely critical. Uh, I did a lot of this. Uh, of course, you know, pre-COVID times uh, where you're able to go visit your customers. We I did what was called a, like a VOC, a voice of customer tour. And what's mm. nice about voice of customer is, you know, um, if if you were to ask Henry Ford, you know, what do the customers want? They'd say a faster horse, you know. But if you understand what the, the pain point is and you drill down and say, but why? Why does that matter? Um, you get down to the root cause of, uh, not root cause, but, you know, what they are looking to have resolved in their business. Um, so this voice of customer tour, what I did was, you know, I, I went on a, a trip and I think it was about two weeks long. Um, this is a nice one. You can go to trade shows. You can talk to different customers. You can do it over the phone too. But I wanted to go see customer um, accounts and I went and... Especially
0: in manufacturing, it, it's yes. fun because you get uh-huh. to see uh, some of these facilities that are really amazing. Absolutely,
1: And, you know, it's not just... Uh, it's going along with the salesperson. I went, you know, and, and I think I visited uh, right along with maybe four different salespeople. And uh, I visited many different kinds of customers, whether they were a distrib- distributor that carried our brands on their shelves, um, even if it was an OEM that was trying to add our motor into their equipment mm. or, um, you know, even the end users. So they have a breakdown situation, they need a replacement and what that process looks like. And what matters to them is really different, right? I mean... You look at, for instance, an OEM, which is a original equipment manufacturer. So they build a fan or a pump or something. They add a motor into it. Um, For them, they just, they care about price because of the overall um, equipment price that they have to control. Right. But also um, they care about the warranty period. Uh, They care about um, availability, those kind of things. And then you go to a distributor and they have your motors on the shelf behind them. And their goal there is to make sure that The motor doesn't sit on the shelf and collect dust. Uh, They want good margin um, Mm. out of their business, and they want it easy to be easy selection, you know, of of, read and replace. Um, And 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 user has different goals as well. Maybe they want to increase their efficiency operation in their operate, you know, in their plant, or maybe they care about um, just uptime and reliability in general. So each one of those have a different pain point and a different um, way to target those messages, and so you know one of the tools i use for um, all those different types of customers is a battle card. It sounds pretty simple but you know how do you go to market to you know a particular distributor that supports these end users or how do i talk to an OEM that is really price sensitive hmm. and talks about some of our competitors product in a way that you know puts you in kind of a jam and <laughs> how do you how do you resolve those things. So we we've developed some of these battle cards that are you know we we hold them close to our chest and uh we don't want our competitors to have a hold of that, but that's how we kind of teach our internal staff and, and uh, salespeople how to sell our products. And that's really coming from product marketing and, and product management as well.
0: Um, yeah. And when we talked before, there's the voice of the customer research, which is which is vital. Like you're saying, that's where you really understand what the market's doing, what people are looking for. And. Um, you know, sometimes it goes beyond with the motor, the motor itself, and there's other supporting equipment or other supporting software that you can develop that, um, solves a deeper problem. Kind of like you're saying, voice of the customer research doesn't necessarily mean you just do whatever the customer's asking for, because sometimes Mm -hmm. they're asking for something that you know, isn't going to end up solving their problem, but it's finding what is the underlying business problem that they're trying to solve. And, you know, if you hear price over and over and over and over and over again, um, you know, that's probably something you should listen to and maybe that's developing a line of products that doesn't have you know some of these other features that aren't as important to that customer base um, mm-hmm. or maybe it's figuring out a way to position your product as being price um, helping with price in the long run you know as they run that and it you know when you run it with this other software program then it's gonna be more efficient and save the money over the the long run or whatever that is so it might um, it might not be exactly what they're asking for, but like you said, figuring out those underlying issues. Um, one
1: of the things I've recognized, though, is when a customer wants to buy on price, they tend to not understand, or maybe a company is not doing their best in explaining why a certain product is meant for them or, or would help benefit them. Hmm. And so one exercise we do is, is message mapping. And, and when you ask a, a technical person, what, what are all these features right, of a product? And why would a customer care about that you know are they willing to pay for it and then you keep prompting the so what about it so what about that you know there's a abs breaks is, is a feature um, but what does that mean to the customer oh that they're able to break and turn at the same time but what mm-hmm. does that really mean it means that they can get home to their family safely you know and, and translating that into a language that makes sense to the customer is is really where the content marketing and the product marketing um plays a key
0: role, I think. Yeah. And especially when you're talking about technical products, what I've found also is that the customer doesn't always understand nearly as much about the technical language as sometimes we think that mm-hmm. they do. Because, you know, for instance, an engineer is going to be specking one of your motors into their design. Um, they are an expert in whatever type of engineering they're doing, but that doesn't make them an expert in motor science. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, when you start talking about certain aspects of it, I think a lot of times it's easy to go, oh, well, this is an engineer. So obviously they're going to know all of these different terms that apply to motors. um, But they might not know that because their focus is on, you know, conveyor belts and, you know, making sure material moves correctly. And they understand the science behind that, but they might not understand the nitty gritty on motors or, you know, certain types of fasteners or cylinders, whatever else they might be using in their design. They're not going to be an expert in that. But then it's easy to become so absorbed in our own products that we work on and that we market that we could be using language that makes sense to the engineers on our own team because they're experts right. in motors. You know, so if you spend all mm-hmm. of your time talking to your internal team, sometimes you could be talking way beyond where your customers. Just kind of like you said, where you know what it, what is what do ABS brakes mean? Well, you, you can get home safely. That makes sense to the person on the other end. Whereas, right. um, you know, unless they're an expert in braking systems or motors, they might not understand that at all.
1: Right, and explaining how that works really doesn't matter to them, right? It, and I think it's the translation process and you know, product marketing <clears throat> is unique in that you have your technical products and you have your customers that may or may not be as technical, right? Depending on who you talk to, you can talk to an engineer at a different company or you can talk to a purchasing agent or a salesperson. You know, and, and being able to tweak that language, I think, is going to be really important in, in making sure that you cast a wide net and, and promote your product properly and making everybody understand from a different perspective why it's important to them.
0: Yeah, and I think one other interesting piece of that is um, sometimes the engineer on the other side that's specking the part in, they might understand the technical jargon, but they might mm-hmm. also need to be able to explain why they made certain choices yeah. in design and being able to give them simplified language to use with their executive team or their purchasing team uh, about why they spec this motor in. And this motor has this certain feature in it and being able to give them more common non-engineering language to explain why they use that. Or you know they might have to go to the customer that they're designing um, this machine for that they're building or whatever it is they're building. They might have to go to them and explain why they've made certain decisions and how that helps their customer and being able to give them that language even to, the, even to your customer can be um, really valuable. This week's episode of The Strategic Marketer is brought to you by the Brand Compass Course. If you're looking to take your marketing services side hustle to the next level, the Brand Compass Course is for you. In the course, you're going to learn how to identify your ideal customers and narrow down to serve a niche market. Then you're going to learn how to productize your offering so that it's easier for customers to understand exactly what you do for them. And then you're going to put all of this information into a one-page messaging guide. That way you can use your customer's language to speak exactly to their pain points and problems every single time. Check out the show notes for a link to the course. One thing we talked about before so you have voice of the customer research but then with product marketing you really play a role um, i think in a way that's different than most marketing people within your company where you kind of get to interview different people within the company and bring a consensus together around the product what it's going to involve how you position it you know the strategy behind the product overall and having conversations with different uh, people in the company so what what does that look like with product marketing as far as you know how Kind of having a voice in different departments and communicating with different people internally.
1: Um, I'll use an example of a product launch, you know, meeting uh, that I'll typically hold, and and in that we would have a group of, of representatives from um, product management. You know, that the product manager owns it. Um, sometimes they have a specialist that kind of helps support them, um, the engineer behind it, and uh, sometimes you know the R and D engineer and the um, mechanical or electrical engineer, is, is two d- different people. Hmm. Sometimes we need a, a designer that does all the CAD model. You know, these days, we don't really take a lot of photography anymore. We, we design based off 3D models, which comes from engineering, and then we have to render them, and then we pr- use them for our promotional tools as well. Um, I pull in, also, we have a, a digital design or a graphic design team as well. Um, so they'll come in. A communications team will come in. Because at the end, they need to understand also who to target and what message to mm. to deliver. Um, and at certain points, we'll do certain, um, what is it, uh, like a checkpoint almost. We'll invite certain groups of salespeople and we'll do a pilot study, mm. um, making sure that what we have developed is in line with what they see in the market and that they can take that and, and, and um, easily promote it. And, uh, so we'll do some pilot testing within our own company and our own sales team, because if our sales team doesn't grasp it and understand it, then there's no way that they can then turn around and sell it to our customers.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So it kind of see, it sounds like product marketers are helping to drive that, the messaging and the launch both externally, but first that requires internally getting buy-in for, from the different people, you know, mm -hmm. that you mentioned. Because um, I, I don't know, as I've been working, the, m- the more that I, I'm working and growing in my career, the more that I see the importance of getting buy-in from people. Because even if you can tell somebody, hey, um, I need you to go do this for me, it's totally different if that person is bought into it or or they're not. Yeah. And when you go to launch a product, you, um, you have the opportunity to, to interface with a lot of different people. And um, some of that almost becomes political in a sense, I don't want to, I think that term can be thought of as negative a lot of times, but it's really just learning how to get consensus from different people and pull your team together so that you can Mm -hmm. have an effective launch. Or, you know, maybe you learn something from somebody in finance that makes you go, wow, this product is not going to end up working out Mm -hmm. how we thought, or, you know, Mm -hmm. our go-to-market strategy for this needs to change because we talk, you know, you, you talk to somebody in finance and you go, oh man, you know, there's some financial reason that this isn't as viable as we thought, or you talk to somebody in engineering, um, about your messaging and then they go, Oh, you know, when you actually get this out to the market, they're not going to connect with that at all. And, um, I find that part of, of, um, of the marketing of, of products pretty interesting as well.
1: Yeah. I think it's a very interesting role. You know, a lot of maybe smaller companies sometimes don't have a marketing department, you know, and, and, um, a lot of times, uh, They'll, they may have an agency outside that helps them promote products, but regardless of whether or not they have a marketing department, they do product marketing, whether they have a person dedicated for it or not, you know, somehow they have to take the product information of what they're in business to do and communicate it to their sales. So, you know, whether or not there's a dedicated person, they, they absolutely do it I mean, to kind of, you know, that's how they sell their products. Right? right. They have to put it out somewhere so that people can find it and, Um, there's just a methodical way to do that, I think. And there's some, some, uh, what is the right word? Um, Tools that are are ingrained in some of us that have done it for such a long time that help us do uh, the promotion and the content marketing for that.
0: Yeah, and with the idea of product marketing, it seems much more uh, of a role that's much more easily appreciated by people in departments outside of marketing. Because I think a lot of times marketing and get a bad rap within the company because people don't always understand what marketers are doing. And so, you know, they see brand related um, <laughs> content go out and it's kind of like, oh, that's, you know, that's nice. That's cute. But we're going to do the real work over here of selling the product right. or <laughs> designing the product or whatever. And, you know, there's not always a good understanding, but product marketers are able to Communicate much more closely, and I think bring the value of marketing much closer to the sales team and even the development team for them to understand Mm -hmm. um, what marketing can do. So, like as a product marketer, when you're able to give specific language to your sales team, that then they go and turn around and they're able to start making sales with that. They see the value of the marketing team a lot easier, and you know I think can get get more buy-in. And um, from what I've seen, people who have a dedicated product marketer, um, it really breaks down some of the silos that you. Mm-hmm. traditionally see where you know sales might not ever communicate with people in marketing in some companies. And uh, there's a very large company that I interface with for my um for my job. And it's amazing how siloed their company is where I'm talking to people in product development and we're trying to create this video and they can't, they literally can't get me in touch with anybody in marketing. And they they have no influence at all in the marketing department. And then the marketing department is totally disconnected from sales. So I almost have to go in to their company and be doing research on the different roles in their company and try to build inroads with different departments that should be Mm -hmm. communicating together internally, but you know, that's not happening at all. And I think the product marketing role can really kind of cut through a lot of that because you, in order to do your job, you really have to build relationships with a lot of different people and, you know, um, become effective at, at breaking some of those walls down.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I feel like, you know, my role specifically, you know, my company wasn't um, around. It, it's a new role. I've only been in this role for two years at, at ABB. Um, but in the past, there, there were some disconnects. There were silos. There was product development or the product management and technical side of the business. And then you had communications that's responsible for communicating it out to sales and our customers and, and um, so there's, there's technical knowledge on one end, and there's communication skills on the other. And they launch a product, they want to promote it, but how do you promote it? And they give a lot of technical jargon sometimes, um, which is hard to absorb from a communication standpoint and, and effect- effectively kind of communicate that to your customers. And so kind of standing in between that, and uh, um, I think we're able to not only Um, break down some of the silos, but also expedite that process, right? We're able to do a lot more product Mm. launches and um, get the flow of communication between technical and and kind of customer facing um, a lot more synergy is able to be built. I think that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And kind of like we talked about before you have your, uh, kind of the old way of doing it was you develop product, you send it to marketing and then the marketing team has to just do whatever they can to try to, figure out the features and benefits that the product has and try to make those look as good as possible. Whereas, you know, with more of the voice of the customer focus, which product marketing really can help bring, you're helping to make sure that the features that are hopefully developed are ones that are actually meaningful to the customer. And then the ones that get Mm -hmm. emphasized are the ones that are the most meaningful to the customer. Um, And that might even just be to make those features more prominent or a little bit easier to understand up front because some of those other features might still be absolutely important to include, but it's not always the same features that the engineer that's designing it thinks are the most relevant to the customer. Because you might have to start with a feature that's less important to the design engineer, I mean, to the to the, um, the R&D engineer, but it's more important to getting the, your foot in the door with the customer. And then once you're in there, then you can kind of develop that language. But without having that close communication, you can't really you know, learn some of that. Um, so yeah, you you're working in you know, like you said, the B2B space and in in the industrial mm-hmm. world. And um, you know, as a marketing person, it feels like a lot of the marketers that get the most attention are in software or you know, or uh, in <laughs> yeah. the B2B space. And then you know, even more than that, the marketers that really get the accolades are the ones that are in a consumer face some type of consumer yeah. consumer facing brand where you're working with. Influencers and you know you're talking with famous people or you know whatever the case would be. Those are the people that you know I think seem to get a lot of the attention. Um, but we both work with companies that are the, the products we sell are way more behind the scenes. And mm-hmm. you know even helping to support, like you said, uh, products that everybody would know and understand, or you know the consumer products that are developed are running on assembly lines that use motors and you know things like that. Um, so what is it about working in the industrial space that that excites you? And why do you think it's an area that, um, you know, maybe is sometimes overlooked by people when they're looking to go into, uh, you know, launching into their marketing career?
1: You know, I, uh, I graduated college, uh, the university with a marketing degree, and um, at the time, you know, I- I wanted to go into high fashion and go into consumer marketing. I was reading Vogue and, you know, wanted to deal with consumer products. That's why I went into marketing. (laughs) And when my first job I landed was at a gearbox company and it was industrial gearboxes too. And, um, it just didn't seem glamorous, you know? And then now I'm at an industrial motor company. Um, prior to that, I was a a coupling manager and and all these are really industrial products that you don't see. Sometimes you have to open up a cabinet and it's Mm. down there somewhere. Um, so they're not glamorous, but they're interesting, you know, and if you have the curiosity for it, you watch shows like uh, How It's Made, and if if something like that piques your interest, you know, you you get to act almost like a consultant, you know, Mm. you get to go into all these different industry segments, you know, I do everything from gone into chicken plants, I've gone into automotive plants, I've gone into, you know, I've walked mines, and um, I've, you know, traveled down to Brazil to understand their sugar processing and how it gets used in ethanol and alcohol. And, you know, you get to see how things work and how things mm. fit together. And it's really interesting to see all the different people. And, and it, it's like uh, putting a puzzle together, you know, and seeing how things work. And I think that's what's really most interesting to me. Um, I really enjoy that I don't get bored. with <laughs> like Every time there's a product launch, every time there's a new segment that we focus on, I, I learn, you know, every day. Yeah. Um, and how our products are being used. It's, it's really interesting, you know, the, the buying process as well, and uh, what what makes a difference in the customers. You see sometimes, you know, a video may, may spark their interest, or, you know, having a, your products laid out in a way that makes sense in a catalog can make an impact. You know, mm-hmm. little things, you never know what that that key uh, piece is that's going to make a difference is. Um, I think I really like that, as, as well as, um, you know, kind of I mentioned before it's the people too you got the technical side that really wants to promote the product they got a great product but how do you market it you know and and the marketing people they want to sell it they want to you know communicate the greatness of the product but what's great about it you know and sometimes um, in a in a very um, technical industry such as uh, you know mechanical or electrical or some sort of um where it's not as obvious to the customer, you need that middle person, you know, mm. to kind of connect those dots. I think, um, and I see it in a lot of companies where they don't have that. And sometimes you look at their their literature, and it's all technical jargon, and it doesn't mm. make sense, you know, and it it's boring. It feels like you're looking at a <clears throat> reading a, a manual of some sort. Um, but I think what's great about industrial marketing is. Yes, it's a little bit slower. So our, our product life cycles are, are a bit longer, right? And so I'm able to borrow ideas from the higher tech companies or mm-hmm. the automotive companies that really have these big marketing teams that, that kind of set trends, you know, and, and what's, what's in and what's the best way to promote your products. And, and I can always borrow some ideas of somebody else that has a shorter life cycle uh, product or, um, than kind of a B2B industrial space. Yeah. And introduce that in our channel and it'll be new and it'd be you know well received and um i mean there's hits and misses here and there but the more in tune you are with your customer the more in line with how you uh do your product marketing strategy and how to you know, go to market strategy i think so those are kind of the things i like um I, my my husband is a mechanical engineer too okay and, and so uh you know i always prompt him and in, in English, what does that mean? <laughs> and so I, I, I like that, you know, as well. I I like the built-in voice
0: of the customer research. Yeah. <laughs> time you maybe run a test something. on him
1: a lot of times and say, well, but what does that really mean? What do you really do? And then he breaks it down, but what does it go into? What does it do? And then, you know, I can tell my friends or family, well, this is what he does, you know. <laughs> so I think that's kind of a natural um fit sometimes for me too, because of yeah. You know,
0: I get practice at home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. No, I love that. Yeah, I mean, I I've seen um so similar things working in this mm-hmm. space because I started in 2019 uh, at this company in March of 2019 at uh, Part Solutions where I work, and I had no exposure to the engineering world before I started working here. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I I you know I looked at how stuff works and stuff like that as a kid, and I thought yeah. it was cool, you know, but I didn't have an appreciation for how much of our life engineering mm-hmm. affects. And you start seeing um, the motors in the door panel in your car that are, you know, driving mm-hmm. your window up and down, or you know, yeah. the the um, just all the different components. And then when you are in this space, you start going, "Oh wow, somebody designed that <laughs> to work that yeah. way," and it took a lot of effort to figure out how to make that work properly and you know not break. And then you had somebody that marketed and sold that uh
1: mm-hmm.
0: motor to that company, you know, and they there's a whole process behind that. And then there's all this manufacturing that went into making that individual motor. Uh, and the more that you understand that um as a marketer, then the more you can really speak to each customer and you know where they are. Are they the engineer that's designing the the door? Or are they the engineer that's designing the machine that manufactures that motor mm-hmm. to begin with or whatever and yeah like you said you just kind of get exposure to a lot of um, really interesting behind the scenes things and then some of the things that w- with consumer marketing you just have to always be it's always changing and there's all these fires mm-hmm. that have to be put out whereas i feel like the pace like you said is a lot slower in industrial marketing which means if you borrow some idea that consumer marketing is just doing right now mm-hmm. and you change it to fit in the industrial space it can really move mountains whereas if you do feedback. that same thing yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, the, in consumer it's like nobody even noticed it you know? mm-hmm. and uh i feel like at least on uh, where i'm working at there's not usually tons of marketing fires to be putting out like there are when you're companies in the media all the time and you're having to you know be promoting stuff like that um but yeah i just kind of wanted to wrap up with um what are some practical steps that marketers can take that want to gain the skills to start doing product marketing? You know, if they've heard about what you're talking about and doing more hands-on work where you're interviewing different people in the company and understanding the customer more closely and, um, and then creating, um, creating messaging around the specific product and kind of being more in the forefront like that. What are some of the skills that you need to do your job and how would you recommend, you know, what are some practical steps for, gaining some of those skills for people who who aren't in the product marketing space
1: Um, so when we talk about traditional marketing or general marketing and then uh, product marketing i think i had to actually google because i didn't want to make a different uh, a wrong suggestion here or or ruffle some feathers the wrong way but one that i found that i liked was in in simpler terms product marketing focuses on promoting the product to the customer Um, it tends to be more strategic and analytical in nature whereas traditional marketing Um, kind of helps you widen your reach. So it helps you um, increase your awareness and promote your product and and elevate your brand so that your product is acceptable. And so those are tend to be more now called brand marketing or uh, marketing communications in a lot of sense. So that being said, I think, so what's different with product marketing um, and how to get there? Um, I think there's just a few key things. Um, One is probably... Just learn the product. You have to know the product. You can't sell something you don't know. And so you don't have to be the most technical expert um, at the product. I mean, that's why you have your technical team. But you have to know enough, you know, and you have to be able to to push your, your technical team and ask them, why is this important? Who cares about it? You know, and, and make sure that you get down to, um, you know, what's really spe- special about that product. And then also um, the customer side. So you have to understand their pain points and mm-hmm. have to understand their buying process and uh, the, the channel strategy behind that. And I think those two pieces are key in product marketing. And then um, also just you know how are you going to connect those two? How are you going to position your products to align with your target audience? Um, so putting those, the, the technical side of the product itself and how the customers are going to use it. And then ha- that go-to-market strategy, I think, is, is um, some of the practical steps in mm. uh, product marketing. And really, it's about you know your curiosity. I think as long as you keep prompting, well, why is that important? What's mm. special about it? Who cares about that? You know, so what? Um, it, it can get a little annoying to the engineers, perhaps. Or, but I think those hard questions you, you have to keep prompting for them um, to really be. Your, your customers advocate right and making sure that you're able to position products for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's excellent. Yeah, and I think it, it from 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 what you're saying and what, I, what I've seen just dabbling in, uh well probably a little less than you but I've been in a product marketing role before as well. Um really comes down to learning how to ask good questions mm-hmm. to lots of different people and then synthesize that information into something that is useful, you know, something that is really meaningful and kind of like you're saying, you end up connecting the dots between people that might not ever talk to each other. So that research and development engineer might not ever talk to somebody in the sales team, but their jobs really do affect each other. And so being able to almost bridge that gap and create language that's unified that both of them can understand and and get behind is really, um, yeah, really makes a difference in being able to market the products. Um, and so I
1: think the, um, other practical advice I could probably say for this particular role is it's hard. It's a hard one to just jump into if you don't know the products or know the customers. Um, you know, I, I've done a traditional marketing role before. I've done that for about 12 years. I've done product management as well You know, working very closely with engineers. And so understanding both sides of the coin, I think, help mm. kind of position yourself as a product marketer as well.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. So what are some ways that people can find out more about you and what you're doing and um, maybe see some of the work that you've done for ABB?
1: Um, I guess, uh, I, I do have a LinkedIn profile. Um, and so my, um, background information is there, uh, you know, kind of been in the industry since almost 20 years now. And, um, but, uh, a lot of the material that I produce again is, is industrial in nature. And so you know, they may see it through LinkedIn and see a video or a publication of some sort and not quite understand it. But the hopes is that, you know, um, it does generate and pique some interest in, in, in some folks. And I know when I came out of university, kind of like what I said, I, I didn't care about industrial <laughs> products. I don't care about motors and gearboxes. But now my network is, is really around the people that are in that space. Yeah. And, um, and so it's, it's nice, you know, to have a, a group of followers that value that type of content. And Absolutely. So it's very niche in, in, nature. Um, I don't think I could just pick up and go into a completely different segment and, and do product marketing there. Um, but I think the stuff that I produce, it speaks to the customers and the people that I'm connected to. Yeah. Um, on LinkedIn as an example.
0: Yeah. Well, I saw some of the videos that you were putting them out and I I thought they were pretty cool. But I guess I work with <laughs> engineers too. So <laughs> um awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on the podcast. It's really fun. And um I I find it really interesting what you're doing in product marketing and specifically in the industrial space. It's um it's really is similar, honestly, to what product marketers do in like it's the software world or you know, that mm-hmm. side of things. But it's uh obviously the products are very different. But the idea of doing the research and, you know understanding the customer really well and understanding your capabilities and getting consensus between all the different parties that are important and clarifying the messaging and positioning that is all the same. And then the products Mm -hmm. that you're working on are obviously going to be different, but it's kind of a a similar uh, role, whether you're in industrial or software or whatever you might be in. But yeah, thanks again. It's really, really been fun.
1: Yeah, this has been fun. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to The Strategic Marketer wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you could do me a personal favor and hit five stars on the rating, you don't have to leave a full review, just hit five stars. It would really help me out. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Strategic Marketer.